When I first started my health coaching journey, I started working with people who had immune disease and just wanted to eat better. As I grew as a coach and I studied, met, partnered with, and learned from experts in preventative and chronic care, I learned just how big of a role food plays in our health. The doctors I partner with typically like to practice medicine with a whole picture. They don't develop a treatment plan until extensive testing is run. If you haven't listened to episode 15 yet, go ahead, pause this episode, go and listen to that one, and then come back. This episode will make way more sense. As I've helped people navigate eating for recovery from their chronic illness, or more typically illnesses, I've learned that in my practice as a health coach, food sensitivity testing removes a large amount of frustration and guesswork for my clients. In today's episode, I'm going to share exactly how it helps, what the different tests tell you, and what to do once you have your results. Welcome to the Road to Living Whole podcast. I'm your host, Marion Mitchell. I help people diagnosed with chronic disease figure out how to eat so you can live life again. This podcast is going to teach you my realistic approach to eating well with chronic disease plus all the lifestyle strategies that are essential to truly having the life you dream of. Need a friend to help you plan meals, navigate the complicated healthcare system, and regain confidence again? I see you, friend, and I have the answers you've been seeking. Grab your kombucha notebook, let's dive in. In my practice, specializing in those with one or more chronic diseases, food sensitivity panels are the norm. I don't run them myself as a health coach. I let the naturopathic doctors and functional medicine doctors do the testing, and then I come in and help my clients implement the diet and lifestyle strategies necessary to help their symptoms go into remission. A few stories come to mind that really stress the importance of why I feel this testing is so essential. And there's one particular scenario I see over and over again. People try to eat differently and they try these different diets in hope of finding that one that helps them feel better. They'll try going gluten-free or dairy-free or they'll go on a low allergen diet and they don't get better. And oftentimes they get way worse. How does that happen if you're eliminating all of these inflammatory foods and, well, even healthy foods can be inflammatory to a person? The very first time this really hit home to me how important it was to have a food sensitivity panel in my chronic illness clients was actually a friend of mine. She was eliminating more and more foods and her symptoms were getting worse. She eventually developed these open sores over her entire body. After years of suggesting testing, she finally went and got it done. When she got her results back, it was nothing like she expected. Gluten and dairy, not her issue. Rice was, turkey was, tuna was, and all these other foods that she absolutely loves to eat and were her go-to foods were the ones that were causing her health problems. But rice was the one that was causing her skin to break out in these open sores. We discovered this when she eliminated it, but then some of her, like she took a supplement that had rice oil in it, or she went to a restaurant that cooked their food in rice oil, and then her, you know, she'd been healing, and then boom, they were back again and with a vengeance. So two and two together, rice was like the food, and you wouldn't think about that, you know, like that's not a food that most people react to. 
A more recent story is a family member of mine who had been who has been experiencing some pretty serious inflammation issues. She really hasn't been able to breathe well for two years despite inhalers and nebulizing treatments and you know, HEPA filters, all these things. And she also has, uh, over the years, developed more and more joint pain and stiffness to the point that she was going to her doctor and her doctor suggested she go to rheumatologist to look into rheumatoid arthritis. She decided to see a naturopathic doctor first to try to de- um address this holistically. She got a whole bunch of testing done, including in a very thorough food sensitivity panel. A little bit of background, she, in an effort to control the inflammation, had been eating a vegetarian anti-inflammatory diet. (laughs) Well, it turns out that she's off the charts to rice, eggs, dairy, tofu, avocado, coconut, her favorite vegetables, and pretty much all of her plant-based protein and healthy fat sources. One person's food is another person's poison. She is changing her diet to accommodate the results and is already, within just a couple of weeks, feeling so much better. Total bonuses for the first time ever. She's losing weight without really killing herself at the gym. The inflammation from f- that food was causing her was very, very real. So what is food sensitivity testing and how is it different from food allergy testing? That's what we're going to talk about. Grab your notebook. We're diving in. There are typically there are three um, proteins that are typically looked at in food sensitivities and food allergies. The first one is the one that is most commonly tested, and that's a, the IgE mediated hypersensitivity allergy. This is the one that gastroenterologists and allergists run. Uh, This is where the body develops an antibody against a foreign substance, and the results are usually severe and immediate upon exposure, including hives, swelling, itchy, watery nose and eyes, difficulty breathing, swallowing, vomiting. Uh, It can cause anaphylaxis. You need an EpiPen, um, or you might just need a Benadryl, Claritin, something like that. The typical ways to test for IgE allergies are the skin prick test and blood work. Most mainstream doctors stop right here despite your continuing health issues and are told that they're either unrelated or they're all in your head. IgG and IgA uh, tests look for foods that irritate the body on a longer term and more mild level. Level. These aren't going to cause hives and anaphylaxis, but they do cause other symptoms. These are known as a type 3 immune response. They are much more commonly involved in food allergies than type 1 reactions, and those are the IgEs. In fact, 45 to 60% of the population have been reported to have delayed food allergies. I'm going to call them sensitivities. These sensitivities involve the immune system. They develop when the immune system also creates an overabundance of an antibody, um, IgG or IgA, to a specific food. Symptoms can include headaches and migraines, seizures, joint pain and stiffness, indigestion, constipation, diarrhea, stomach pain, bloating, moodiness, dark circles under your eyes, skin rashes, stubborn weight gain on inability to lose weight, systemic inflammation, stuffy nose, leaky gut, autoimmune disease, and more uh, conditions. These sensitivities will not respond to the skin prick test or an IgE lab panel. 
And most mainstream allopathic doctors are not trained in this type of testing, and they often don't even know how to interpret the results or what to do with them if they got them. These food sensitivities can be hard to diagnose without getting this panel run um, because the the delay is anywhere from 24 hours to 21 days. If you're feeling crappy three weeks from now, you're not going to know that it was tied to something you ate today. Like, I don't even remember what I ate like three days ago. I mean, I can guess, but it's, you know, I wouldn't know for sure, right? If you're deathly allergic to nuts, they're pro- they may or may not show up on IgG, IgA panel because they're different immune responses. You have a type 1 response versus a type 3 response. So if you're anaphylactic allergic to nuts and they don't show up on the IgG, IgA panel, that just means that you will have one type of a- an immune response versus another. I have found as a health coach when a doctor runs all three, so they do an IgG, E panel plus the IgG IgA panel, it gives the whole picture. And it's extremely helpful. So that's also something to consider if you this is something you want to do. What can you expect when it comes to testing? Well, insurance will typically cover IgE testing. It typically does not cover IgG IgA testing. Uh, It is worth paying cash hands down. You're looking at anywhere from around 150 to about 400 typically. This price varies on the lab, the number of foods that it's running, if you're doing food additives, if you're doing environmental toxins as well. Most labs also require a script from a doctor. Now, I'm just throwing this out there again. I'm not affiliated with any lab. I don't run these panels myself. These are just my opinion as a health coach working in chronic illness, uh, looking at different results from all these different labs. I have two that I like that I'm going to share with you. Everly Well does not require uh, a script from a doctor. Their results are incredibly easy to understand. They, From what I could tell on the several that I've seen recently, they only run IgG proteins. They don't look at IgA or IgE. And they, what I also like about them is they have doctors on hand that you can call who can explain the results to you. Vibrant Labs is my favorite for food sensitivity testing that does require a doctor's script. I find that their test results are the easiest to interpret. They're extremely clear. Plus, they include like a get started guide with all of the foods you're sensitive to, what the names of them are, a picture of the food, what they're typically in, so that you, you're given a starting point. And you're not just like, like a two-page thing and then you're like, I don't know what to do with this. Like this is a lot of information. They give you a lot of help. Like they give you a place to start. And I think it's really helpful to have that reference in one spot that you don't have to search all over the internet for, especially if you have anywhere from 10 to 30 food sensitivities. I've seen some that are like three pages long. So it can range from one page to three pages. But no matter what lab your doctor likes and uses, the results are going to be extremely helpful. Now, some people don't respond to any of the foods. It's like there's not even a blip on there. That's a whole other can of worms. If you're not responding to a single food, tip what I've learned is that that means you're not absorbing the food that's coming in and that's a whole other issue. Um, So it's insightful whether you have 
uh, food sensitivities or you don't because typically everybody's sensitive to something. So if you're sensitive to nothing, that's a whole other problem. All right. So once you have your results, I suggest you go and listen to episode six on how to do a food elimination diet properly. If you want to skip all that and get straight to the expert help, go ahead and go into the show notes and schedule a 30-minute meet and greet with me. It's completely free, and we'll go through your results, and I can share with you exactly how I can help you. I don't give advice during these, but we'll get to know each other. We'll look at your results, and I have a lot of different options available at all different price points. To wrap this episode up, I am a huge fan of food sensitivity testing, if you couldn't tell. I find it extremely helpful uh, with incorporating the diet side of chronic disease symptoms. Uh, It removes a lot of the guesswork. It removes throwing spaghetti against the wall. Uh, I've seen the oddest foods cause the biggest problem for people. IgE allergies are those that tend to be more severe with visible symptoms and may require an EpiPen or medication to control. IgG, IgA are delayed onset reactions that tend to be more mild but can definitely be debilitating as well. And they can lead to chronic, chronic issues and even autoimmune disease or more severe diagnosis. Most labs do require a script from a doctor, and it can be a naturopathic doctor or a functional medicine doctor. It just kind of depends on where you live. They're the ones who know how they typically run these types of tests and also know how to interpret the results and guide you in the process afterwards. I truly believe that getting all three immune responses, IgE, IgG, IgA, ran, it gives us a whole picture of what's going on. That way we can take, tackle things holistically. And that is it for today. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, please go and leave a review. I would appreciate it. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help others find it by leaving a review, sharing a screenshot on social media, or sharing the link with a friend? By you sharing what you've learned, others are able to find this podcast and join our community. Be sure to check out my website, www.roadtolivingwhole.com for over 160 delicious recipes, a variety of meal plans, and a blog packed full of even more healthy living tips. If you'd like to learn more about how to work with me as your coach, you can schedule a free consult through www.roadtolivingwhole.com backslash health-coaching backslash. Until next time, friend. Bye.